Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, relaxing is his specialty, it's Arturo Zurita. And clearly streaming uh, too many movies as we've figured out and tv shows which we'll be getting to as well but yeah the uh, masochistic dedication to seeing everything completionism well someone said in, in yeah someone said the phrase cinema is dead and we were out here trying to prove it's not it's alive <laughs> and well you know it never died doing no, just our looking part. in the wrong place yeah we also got someone who doesn't want to live on through her art she just wants to live in her flat it's amanda the Woo! jedi welcome back for another best of amanda Thank Glad you. to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're dedicated to talking about the best ofs. We do this twice a year, midway point, end point. So we're about halfway through 2022. So might as well take a look back and collect our thoughts on the best that movies have had to offer so far this yes, year. It's been a big year for the return to movie theaters. I feel like this has been like the the first full yeah. year we've had since <laughs> no, pan bro. the pandemic started. I've seen Dolby. Uh, where we're I've seen IMAX. Yeah. I've seen 40X. Yeah. Uh, I'm missing screen Every X, format. Everything, man. Okay. Almost every format. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like your list this year, your top 10 movies of 2022 so far, is more dominated by things you've seen on the big screen? Or are there a bunch of movies that you've caught on small screens as well? Good question. Uh, combination? It's a combination. Split. I think it's actually mm -hmm. a 50-50 split Whoa. for me, I think. Let me check right here. One. It might be moving. Two, three, four, five. It's a 50-50 split for me, too. Look at that. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. There you go. We've, yeah, we've disproved um, the myth. Cinema is cinema. In the cinemas are at-home cinemas. See... Mine is also a 50-50 split, but I've subsequently seen two of these on the big screen, so I don't know if it's the, quite where'd the same. You, but where'd you see it first? Yeah. On a small screen. Wow. Okay. Look at that. There you go. The, po the power yeah. of storytelling. Shout out to Sundance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that, that goes to show, you know, you can kind of be open to these great experiences, whatever format you receive them in. But yes. as opposed to, you know, 2020 or 2021, like, we're definitely shifting back towards the big screen experience, which at least for me, since that's how I love fall, fell in love with movies, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's something exciting about that. But it's cool also having the ability to watch it at oh, home. Yeah. You know, it, it was a lot of yeah. festivals at Sundance, we were ready to go split half and half. It went full virtual, but at South by, it was really interesting to see people who were still willing to go to the movie theater if it was a movie that they wanted to see on the big screen. And even for a lot of the ones that we had digitally, we're like, nah, this is going to be a lot better to watch at home. So, um, and even you've said you've got some movies virtually and you still made it out to the theater to go see them. So, yeah, I mm -hmm. think as long as the story is good, people are going to go, they're going to gravitate towards it, be it in theaters or at yeah, home. I agree. 
at this point, I I just rounded the corner past 200 movies seen Ooh. in the calendar yeah. year. Uh, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good work, I think, so Decent. far. How about you guys? Are you, you're, how are your numbers? Your numbers looking good? I'm not I don't, sure I what, think so. not specifically, but it's I probably not that high. Yet. No, you're that high, dude. Like, <laughs> you're that high, dude. Come on. Oh, maybe. You've been yeah, enough. Yeah, like, like Between Sundance yeah. and Con. And yeah. You know what I okay, think yeah, did it? I think it was that there. MGK movie. I think that was your 199. <laughs> you're right. And then you're right. it, it that hopped was, right over. It hopped um, right over. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I forget to log things a lot of the time. On, I think Zach's the best so. at us at, at logging the stuff, so I he keep forgetting. Yeah, I've been slacking a little this year, too, though. I got to get back on that and up to date like I've, I've been trying to challenge myself to actually do reviews for mm-hmm. at least like a quarter of my entries which just means i don't submit things because then i don't find time to write yeah but yeah i i should get back up to date with that because letterbox is fun to like categorize it definitely would make this whole assembling of a top 10 and honorable mentions a lot easier if i was more up to date with <laughs> my letterbox nice little tool um there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I was going through the movies that were like highest ranked that I haven't seen this year. And I feel like because we've been trying to do be, keep really on top of stuff and also we, we have the benefit of catching things early at festivals, there's not like a lot of movies I haven't caught this year okay. that I was hoping to catch. I, I wanted to catch Fabian going to the dogs because I know a bunch of people have uh, reviewed that one very high, uh, favorably. Uh, Vortex, the latest from mm. Gaspar No. Uh, I know a lot of people like I, I didn't watch yet. Art reminded me of the outfit. I don't know if that was going to be like necessarily top 10 material, but like a liked fun it. movie. Yeah, sure. I wanted to catch it too. Yeah. Uh, and, and Belle as well. I know, I know a lot of people thought that was one of the best animated films of the year so far. Uh, but yeah, what about you guys? Is there a movie that you regret not having had the opportunity to catch before we assemble these top 10 lists? Are, are there any movies that uh, you didn't catch before we did this? Uh, there's definitely a lot of series, uh, but I would say a lot of those movies that you've mentioned, like Paris District 13th, that had like a very limited run mm. uh, and then mm. didn't come out fully. Good so one, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of these yeah, festival uh, movies um, that you've already mentioned where I just got to find them down, hopefully virtually, which is the best. Yeah, that's the best part of it now is that even if you miss mm-hmm. a little theatrical run, eventually it will be available at home. I think Vortex is available at home as well now. So I think I just it just to, became available, yeah. You know? So that's, that's, that's beautiful. So those would be it for me, Amanda. Uh, Bell is definitely one I, I, I want to like catch because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. And, jeez, uh, there was definitely something else. I also wanted to see the outfit uh, now that he mentioned it. But I think... That's mainly it for like the really big stuff, at least stuff that's like actually out and available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I think I've been, I think I'm pretty good. I've caught most things. Nice. Yeah. All right. So in just a moment, we'll get to those top 10 lists of the year so far. But first, we want to make sure you're subscribed to Intercut, either the video podcast on YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod or the audio podcast is available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Intercut Pod. That's Intercut P-O-D. That's short for podcast. Also check a link to our Discord in the description. We are also Intercut Pod on Patreon, where you can support the show for as little as $1 per month. And be sure to leave us a five-star review 
on Apple Podcasts. That that's the thing that really makes me happiest is getting those five star reviews. That that's the biggest boost to my own ego. So if you wanna if you wanna give me that rush of dopamine, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. All right, let's not beat around the bush any longer. Let's get right into our lists. I don't know if anybody wanna wants to kick us off. Maybe Amanda, you can oh be the first to go. I know you were struggling I was, with that number 10 slot. Yeah, it's kind of been like a, a circling around of Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, Navalny, or <laughs> Top Gun. But I think I'm going to go Top Ooh. Gun. Ah. I'm just going to say Top Gun. Okay. Um, I'm, a very, I'm very weird in the sense that normally I, I like going for, I, I like stories with like romantic interests and stuff, but I feel like Top Gun's actually one of those ones that the romantic side plot pulls away from the actual movie. I don't want any of that. Just show me, show me action shots. Show me planes doing crazy things in the sky. Yeah. I don't care about Tom Cruise getting a hot chick, you know? I don't care. I get that everyone's like, yeah, we know we need to put all the demographics in. I don't care. So See, I, that was gone, right to the front. <laughs> I'm with you in terms of like the romance elements, which all feel like weirdly tame and kind of like like they're almost like teenagers yeah. but but I don't want a movie with less shots of Jennifer Connelly in it. That's the thing. That's the yeah. thing. I agree Let's put with her you. in the planes. That's it. Yes. Okay, yeah, if she was more tied other than just running the bar. If she was more tied into like like she was maybe a female flight instructor or something, mm -hmm. that could be fun. Then you're quirky. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't like the way that it played out. <laughs> but Cool. Uh, but yeah, a, a pair of a good trio of movies actually that you mentioned there. But I, I think I have Top Gun Maverick over those other two as well, so I'm not going to argue uh, with that at number ten. How about you, Art? What are you kicking your list off with at number ten? At number ten, I have a movie that came out on HBO, so technically I guess it's up for the Emmys. But we were able to catch it at I want to say South by from last year, and it is a movie called The Fallout. Definitely. This is my number 10 as well. Let's talk oh, wow, about it then. almost also my yeah. number 10. That well, got moved. We should, <laughs> this we is should do a podcast together, guys. Is, it's got the recommendation all around, but I think this is one uh, that's got some pretty solid performances from Jenna Ortega, who this year specifically, I think, has just blown up even more and more with her being an ex mm -hmm. and her being in Scream. Mm-hmm. I enjoy both of those movies, one more than the other, but her performance has stood out in both of those and including this one. I think yeah. she is not a star in the making anymore. I think she's already there, and I think we're just going to con mm -hmm. continue mm -hmm. to see her catapult, and I think she deserves all of that. Uh, and I really like the nuance that she brings in here as uh, a student after um, an incident at the school who has to kind of just recover and act like things are normal. Um, I think the way that they approach... Uh, when the attack happens is done very well and then it's really just mm -hmm. as the movie tells you the fallout of everything that comes afterwards of having to mm -hmm. continue to live life um after experiencing something so grave but it, that, that's why it's my top 10 why is it in your top 10 zach i mean it's excellently uh i think the tone is excellently yep. depicted right because mm -hmm. it does a really good job of not necessarily being too heavy on the tragic elements but also not downplaying those tragic elements either. I think it it respects the emotional weight that living amongst these circumstances would would require, but it's also a movie about teenagers and being teenagers, yep. right? That they do some stupid yep. things, they they have weird romantic uh 
collisions and they 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 say things and maybe mean different things. I I really love how the movie respected them as growing people, but also as people going through just one of the most horrific things imaginable. So, you know, there's a lot of movies that have attempted to comment on, like, the, the, the state of school shootings or, or, or whatever, and yeah. this is among my favorite of all of those just because I think it's it's done with such emotional authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think emotional authenticity is, like, the best way to put it. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're part, good. But, yeah, I, I really do think that it's just, it feels really authentic to, like, the teenage experience, and it's, like, that is the focus first and foremost, um, is letting them just like behave the way they normally would as it's kind of examining um, this reality that like so many people um, have to face all the time. Um, I've Yeah, I, I think they handled it really well. Uh, going off what you said, though, I was going to say the director, Megan Park, actress mm. turned director from uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager, and that's how you get some of the cameos yeah, yeah. in there. So I think with <laughs> surprisingly with this and even one from last year that uh, I know really stood out to us, Mass, they're yep. both yeah. done from actors who are usually in like comedy, teen dramas, uh, and have now like <laughs> made some of the most serious, dramatic uh, movies of the past two years. So the Fallout, yeah, recommendation yeah. from all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So that is my number ten. Arts number ten. It one of honor anime. Excuse me. One of Amanda's honorable mentions as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's the the first one that we're seeing across the board. But I don't think it'll be the last one. Amanda, let's go back to your number nine. Um, the Northman. Hey, I went, I went, with, I hey. went with the Northman. Um, I got that later on my list too. Yeah, like I I really liked it. It's it's so interesting. Like one of my friends uh, texted me when he was watching it, being like, "This is the least." Eggers movie I've ever seen you'd never know and I was like it's the fart the farts what gives it away um I but I I really like it though I I thought it was like a really good um retelling of like the original story that went to like inspire things like Hamlet um and just kind of like going back to that just the the obsession of trying to just uh like complete this mission in your mind that you don't even always know why you're doing something and like the different ways um the same situation can be interpreted by different people and like you know how much your life can get focused in on one thing uh i i I personally really enjoyed it i thought it was like a really i thought it looked gorgeous i thought the performances were really good skarsgård just really ran the show the whole time uh and um why is her name blanking anya anya just crushes it in everything she's in but like no matter Mm -hmm. how much her involvement is but uh yeah i I really enjoyed it i enjoyed it yeah i mean in some ways like it's obviously got that eggers dedication to immersion whether it's the 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 production aspects and the lore and Mm -hmm. I, i also feel like there's a quality of this movie that that feels almost like it was made by a viking like the the hero's path is not the traditional hero's journey as a modern audience would see it, but yeah. as a Viking warrior might see it. Mm-hmm. But but then again, there is just this very like enjoyable adventure film aspect to it Easily. that does make it probably the most successful thing Eggers has ever done. Yes. Uh, if I I'm really really high on the Northman, I think it's excellent. Uh, I'm 
yeah, I mean, I, I share in a lot of people's disappointment that it didn't do better, considering that it is such this like yeah. daring chance by Focus. I think it was Focus made, Features, though. right? Yeah, Focus. It got made. Yes, that's the I biggest know. thing. I, I'm just glad he got the money, filmed it, and put it out there. Yeah, same. absolutely. I just thought that this would have just done better, just from the cast alone. I thought yeah. that that mm-hmm. would have trailers pushed things too. further, but uh, yeah, but we'll you know? see. Uh, I had that one. Up on the home release. Yeah, I had it as an honorable mention. I really enjoy that one. There is a long take in this movie. Mm. It's so good. Uh, I was just mm. really surprised with the dialogue. I did not think I would go into a Viking movie. You know what I thought was gonna be a bros movie, and that there'd be some <laughs> romance in there where the way that they speak to each other. I was like, nah, this is kind of profound. This is like he's he's mm-hmm. not just looking at someone who he loves and wants to make a family with. Like he's trying to break the lineage of like the trauma that's come before. I'm like, damn. Uh, also, <laughs> yeah. it is uh, the second best performance that uh, what's her name has done at an AMC theater, in my opinion, for this past year. <laughs> uh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, speaking of speeches, she she's got one in there. the yeah. speech of that movie. Sure. Like, like the the one you're just like whoa like the whole yeah. like this shifts everything <laughs> uh-huh. in the movie. Yep. Damn. So if, if you haven't got the Northman, definitely add that one to your list. I think it is already available. They pushed that one really quick yeah. on Peacock. It is. On, it's it's on Peacock. That's right. That's Damn, why it's, it's yep. That's why it's tanking. <laughs> uh, the Northman, definitely check it out. I think that's another one that gets. Uh, it's on your list too, right? So it's on two of our lists. Yeah, high recommendation from me. Cool. All right, so Art, what is your number nine? Uh, I have the first of the docs on this top ten list, and it is another doc that I saw from South by last year, same year from the Fallout, and it is out now. Not streaming yet, but if you do, go into it as blink as you can. It's called Dear Mr. Brody. It is a documentary about this rich kid back in the 70s, I think it was, uh, who decided, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to give my money away to anybody who asks for it. And then he does like this experiment of almost getting tired of giving the money away. And there are twists and there are turns. But there is this aspect of it where a lot of people write letters to him. And what the documentary does is that it goes through those letters that were written to him long ago. And they try to find the people who wrote those letters. And uh, there are some really profound moments in that as you go back to see how those people are still doing now. People who weren't just asking for money just to have it, but because they needed it. And there was like a dire situation. And did they make it out of that situation in the 70s? And how are they doing now? How are their kids doing? Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, Again, just knowing that premise, go into it. And I'm curious to see what people think about it. Dear Mr. Brody. Awesome. Yeah, that was a really intriguing documentary. Um, And do you remember the the filmmaker's last film? I think that was, they're the people who made Tower, right? Uh, I think so, which is another really good one. So yeah, they did Tower, yeah. A Song for You, The Eyes of Me, but Tower is another documentary that, uh, that one came out in 2016, and it's all done in like a rotoscope. Uh, yeah. Based off, I think it's shooting in, somewhere in Texas. Um, I would, yeah, they're really good uh, documentary filmmakers, so I would catch both of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Maitland is the guy who who directed Dear Mr. Brody. So, yeah, really interesting guy. I love in Mr. Brody, though, the way that you mentioned that it's got that main film about this guy uh, who, who's, like, dealing with his large inheritance. But then they take all these cool tangents. You know, they'll focus on an object and then, like, dive into a story. Yep. Uh, the way that it, it unfolds and... and it, like like a piece of origami or whatever. Like, you, you open it up and all see something. Letters, yeah. It, it's, it's beautiful, dude. Yeah. I like it. Very beautifully done. Very good documentary. Uh, Great pick at number nine. My number nine is 
pretty much the polar opposite, but also about the beauty of human nature and what the human body can do. I got jackass forever at number nine. Um, (laughs) I gotta say, like, this is just like some of the most fun that I had in a movie theater all year. It was fun. Uh, There's a really just amazing quality to what they'll do. Uh, put the, putting their bodies on the line for the sake of these stunts in a way that you just don't feel that visceral danger in the films that much anymore. Like, outside of Tom Cruise movies, Johnny Knoxville is our stunts guy. And it's not just that they are punishing themselves, but they're doing it with a creativity that is always surprising. Like, not just they'll often set up a stunt where you feel like you know where the hit is coming from, and then they'll still surprise you with what the actual bit is. Mm. And it, it's that they they go to that length to to it's not just about the impact or the collision, but it's about sub surprising you and subverting your expectations. Um, but it's also just like the one of the sweetest movies of the year about friendship and camaraderie and i don't think the the how awful some of the things they put themselves are would feel like it's fun if you didn't see them congratulating each other and picking each other back up and and helping each other and showing real concern when like knoxville gets knocked out by a bull um i i don't know man he's 49 He's good until he's, he's, he's 49. <laughs> we, we, As he, they say. We've been with these guys for a while. We've seen them aged. We've seen some gray in their hair. And I, I don't know. I think taking this journey with them, it really it culminated in their best installment yet. Uh, you wow. know, there's nothing quite... It, it, there's nothing quite as elaborate in any of those films like that opening city-destroying sequence. And... Yeah, it, it's just so good. It's so good that like Jackass Forever four point five is is also like a honorable mention for me. Yeah, Netflix fought to get the rights to that yeah. one. That one's also really good. All the cutout yep. stuff. But I agree with you. There's a lot of legacy movies this year. Like Amanda mentioned, yep. Top Gun. This is also like a legacy yeah. movie. It's something that's taken ten years. Avatar will have taken ten years. Um, and they've all been fulfilling. I, that's the best part is that we're so used to getting these older movies trying to cash in, and a lot of these movies have uh, kind of rem- reminded people what makes them so good. Uh, and for the part of Jackass, it's the Jackasses they made along the way. It's their camaraderie. It's, <laughs> it's a beautiful little movie. All right, so Jackass Forever at number nine. Let's get to Amanda's number eight. The Batman. Ooh. I've also got this at number eight. Oh, really? well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I just thought it was like, uh, I, for I was never a Pattinson naysayer here going into this. I knew he was probably going to crush it. I just really like him like somberly walking into a building. You can kind of see his eyes are just kind of the like, yeah, just let me do my thing. You know, don't be mean to me kind of vibe to him. But he's still like kept that really bad, like the, the badass vibe underneath them um i just i i thought it was really good i thought it took a uh, like a different look at uh, just kind of like the idea of batman being the idea of vengeance versus being the idea of like justice mm. and just being the idea of like hope in a city mm-hmm. um and kind of having to come to terms with that because like for so long everybody's been really up into the whole like the batman quotes like i am vengeance i am the knight i am all this and that's like really what they've been pushing super hard so to have a more like not toned down, but an earlier version of the character start off that way, start off with like the brutality being the like nightmare that these people don't see. And then realizing like what the city actually needs, I thought was, uh, I thought was really cool and lots of good performances across the board there. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
I think Reeves does a really great job of of planting you into this like world that that is already in motion, right? Like there's not a lot of introducing the tone or the relationships between the characters. You know, uh, Gordon and Batman already have their their back and forth. Sure. I I still love uh, Jeffrey Wright calling him man. Fantastic. <laughs> it's just one of my man. favorite little bits. In, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I think. I think it's just a movie that really finds a fun tone, right? Like we've had a few different approaches to Batman and like they're putting, giving you this kind of noir, dark, dreary, like uh, effect to the city that makes it, makes it more of a detective story maybe than yes, the traditional kind of superhero thing. So that that's at least why I dug it. I have a feeling we'll be hearing about it later on in arts list as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But art, I don't know if you want to go straight to your number eight. At my number eight, you know, the, the relationship that uh, uh, Pattinson has with Wright's uh, Gordon is really good. It's a nice little buddy cop thing going on. But I think the best buddy movie of the year has got to be RRR. These two yeah. came in and killed it with this movie. Uh, it is out on Netflix, mm-hmm. and obviously that is the uh, Hindi version, so that means that it's dubbed. And if you're already going to see something dubbed... you you might as well just get the original with the subtitles, the the Telugu version. Mm-hmm. That was the one that I was able to scope out in theaters. I saw it in a tiny theater, yet it was louder than the IMAX and the Dolby next to us. Morbius was playing, and this just washed it out. The score in this has uh, like these vocal harmonics that are just chanting along with you, and it's some of the most mm-hmm. you know just visceral visceral sounds that I've uh, had in a movie. The action is staged to a degree that you're like, oh, you can do something with the money that you have. They have mm-hmm. sets that right. you know are using CGI but are willing to still have actors and, and, and groups of people that they're fighting amongst. There's actual plants and things that they could touch. Uh, everything is so creative. It doesn't feel like uh, in the fast movies where it'll, uh, they're practically superheroes. Here they're telling you, yes, these are superheroes. These are gods, practically. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the adventure that they go on uh, as they're trying to, one, find this little girl uh, who's been taken away, and then on the other side, um, a much bigger mission that he's trying to do uh, for the country. I think you get a story that is able to reflect back on like the British Empire, but from the right point of view, if that makes any sense. It's not right. like a British movie yeah. looking back at the British Empire. Um, and it's just so creative in so many different ways. It's three hours long, and you're never freaking bored. It's not so for a second. I don't get it, bro. Uh, Alina's been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure people are going to have dance-offs with, uh, dance with the numbers that they have in there. But just overall, there's so many different things that happen in this movie that... Uh, it's just entertaining. It is one of the funnest movies of the year. RRR, put it on your radar and try to catch the original version if you can. Yeah, man, uh, it's one of the delights of the year. I got it on on my list too, a little bit higher up. Same. So beautiful. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about another it more one. later. Yes, it's, it's, another one. Yes, we're we're really in harmony. Three R's. We're, uh, we're like the guys in RRR, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, yeah. so are we? Are we at Amanda um, Seven? Yeah, Amanda Seven, because my number eight was Batman. Um, okay, Amanda. My next three have kind of been like rotating like this, so it's it's whatever. I'm going with on the count of three. Beautiful, um, nice. Which it's an honorable mention. Yeah, for me. I really love that. That was Sundance last year, I think. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. not South. Yes. South, yeah, Sundance. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, it's kind of one of those movies. I would say maybe you have to watch out what kind of mental state you're in before watching mm-hmm. it because as you will be very obvious from the trailer and any descriptions 
This is like taking place on a day that two friends decide that they're going to kill themselves. But then one of them's like, well, if this is going to be our last day, let's do, let's do some. Let's make the most. <laughs> let's do some. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's do something. Like, is there something that you've always wanted to do, uh, both good and bad? And it's just kind of the progression through the day. Uh, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Christopher Abbott. And obviously, uh, Carmichael yep. is great as well. But uh, I don't know. Christopher Abbott's character in this is just like really dialed in perfectly but i also really like the subdued character of uh jared uh, carmichael um mm-hmm. so i don't know i just think the dynamic between the two of them works really well and even though it has a very rough ending in certain ways it's also very uplifting in, in other ways so i was just a really big fan of this one i was very happy to see it finally got uh released in distribution mm-hmm. yeah so uh, definitely something to keep on your radars and check out 100 percent. yeah I think it's a really excellent film. Uh, I haven't had a chance to, to rewatch it since Sundance, but like I, I really loved the way that it balanced like the the depths of their despair with the heights of uh, what's what's possible in that moment, right? Like there's mm-hmm. like a, I don't know. There's a really good balancing of like how bad they how bad it can get, but also how good it can could be and I think one of the things that also struck me is the way that the film really kind of deals with the line between like I I'm depressed and I'm like beyond that I'm 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 at a more severe point like people a lot of people will will say they're in a negative space but it doesn't necessarily carry the same weight as somebody who has has tipped over to that point Mm -hmm. um and the uh, the film treats both characters with a lot of uh, care and and authenticity to the to where they're at. So, really good and also very interesting to think about in light of Rathaniel yes, Gerard sir. Carmichael's HBO mm-hmm. special. Yeah. No, that's just all I want to say is watch on the count of three. But Rathaniel, I'm gonna let you finish mm-hmm. that. Was one of the best comedy specials <laughs> of the year, and it would be on this list if we had a yeah. comedy special list to a degree. Uh, also yeah. directed by Bo Burnham and edited by Bo, Bo Burnham. Burnham. And oh, nice. I don't know. What he does in that is just fantastic. I think it'd be a good back-to-back double feature to have this year. He's just been killing it this year. Directorial debut. Uh, killed it with that SNL intro. On it, Gerard Carmichael, he's on the list. He's in the top ten. Yeah. He's, he's in the top ten. <laughs> just him specifically. <laughs> All right, what you got at number seven? At number seven is a movie that came out of nowhere for me and surprised me and just shows you the power that even if you watch something at home, it's still going to get to you. Uh, Mayim Bialik's as they made us. I mm. never seen too much of her stuff. I've never really watched the big bang theory, but she took what is a very personal story to her and made this movie about, uh, two siblings who lived in a very dysfunctional family, as I'm going to put it. And, uh, just how they grew up from that, what spread to them. And now that they're older and they haven't really been back together, um, will they be able to unite or will they continue to carry the, the, the problems that, you know, as they made them be, uh, they're still struggling with. I thought the performances in this were really nice. There are scenes that just really get to me. Uh, moments of dialogue between the characters. I've seen it twice. Uh, I, I saw it back to back on the same day, actually. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a really nice little drama that just really, I don't know, it caught me off guard. And I just want to put it on more people's radar. That was really good. As they made us. Also has uh, uh, Diana, Diana Argrin. Agron. So, okay, that alone talk, just mentioning talk it. About it. She's got go. stands. She got stands. Oof. Half the Shiva Baby them. viewers. Uh-huh. Half the Shiva Baby viewers. Diana Agron. 
there that's the that. thing I was going to say. <laughs> now, th- this makes this a pretty good run for Diana. Yeah. This is two years in a row she's made it onto Intercut Best Of list. Oh, she's mm-hmm. great. She, yeah. she no, is. No, she's great. really good in this. Uh, and then also, uh, shout out uh, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. He, you have to play, like, being sick and not, like, doing anything still has to have some sort of acting chops in, if that makes any sense. Because you just, like, you feel he's getting into the state of, like, just, just becoming more senile. Um, but because the movie's able to work with flashbacks, uh, he really fleshes out that character. And uh, also the mom, who I'm blinking on, the name of the actress who played the mom. Candice Bergen? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you know a person yeah, like I this. I love Candace. Oh, my goodness. It, she plays it too well. You know, sometimes there are actors who play the, the role too well. She played it too well. But overall, right. as they made us, definitely put this one on your radar. Hopefully it gets like a streaming release because it's only on VOD right now. And I know that when movies like this are able to hit a streaming platform is usually when people give it uh, a chance. So as they made us, put it on your radar. Nice. Awesome. All right. Uh, Mayim Bialik's film, As They Made Us, number seven for Arturo. Getting to my number seven. We're going with more movies that we've already talked about. I got Top Gun Maverick here. Uh, I just, I think it's just excellent it's good. in terms of investing you in ter- into an action thriller like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I compared it in the past to a heist film because it kind of does this thing where it's like, you know, the one guy who's smart enough to pull it off brings in his team of lovable characters to execute this mission that they're going to break down and piece apart like get they in, do in out. Ocean's Eleven, yeah. practice different parts, you know, recreate different parts of the mission to try and enact it so that you know all the stakes going into the final mission. You, mm-hmm. You're you ready for every step of that final action sequence because they've told you yeah. this is the hard part. This is the part where they're going to start chasing us it just it like it really set it it sets you up but it doesn't over explain itself because it lets you just kind of focus on the the sheer like awesome uh you know grandeur of these extremely powerful jets you know they they do a great job of making you feel how intense it must be to to go up in these to see the sky just like going zooming past you um it's extremely effectively done i just think it's very smartly made so even if it's not necessarily like the type of movie that i usually look for to to consider on my top tens it's just so well done so uh viscerally felt when you're in your seat that I, I couldn't deny that experience. I had so much fun with Top Gun Maverick, so I got it. I got it at number seven. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And honestly, pointing out that it feels like a heist movie, like that—that that really right. does check out. Yeah, yeah, in the it's best way. It's also a, I like that a heist lot. movie in the sense that the man took all that money from Paramount. He told them, <laughs> "I told you." <laughs> So now they're yep. indebted with this dude. You heard that. Uh, right now, Paramount's not upset about that gamble. No, but they were upset early on, and this man was, like, getting yeah. a submarine for the next Mission Impossible movie and was upgrading mm-hmm. stuff for whatever's going to be and the next like, one. And they're like, Tom. They're like, Tom, we can't do stop. this. And after this past weekend, they're like, Tom, what do you need? <laughs> but, yeah, it's. I, I feel like. We'll go through as many COVID shutdowns you know? as you want, yeah. Tom. Just make more movies for us. Every yeah. year there's, like, a big action movie. Last year, I want to say it was Dune. Uh, you know, we've had Mad Max mm-hmm. prior. I feel like this and maybe even the Batman would be, like, the two big things that um, I think people yeah. are going to be praising. Just universally, critics and audiences until the end of the year. So I have it a little yeah. bit higher, so we'll talk you about know, it again. 
I agree with you, and I actually think, to circle back to one of the movies we already mentioned, I wonder if the success of movies like Top Gun and The Batman is maybe crowding out a space for a movie like The Northman, which could be this, like, amazing action Mm. but critically lauded thing, but we have all these other ones. Mm, That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, just just let my man Eggers make more movies like that, please. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we are... Now at Amanda's number six. Uh, so my six is RRR, which Art already talked Dope. about. But, like, it's just such a good spectacle in every way. Like, I'm usually not a fan of things that are just more in, like, the straight-up action category. But, like, when they're well-made and they kind of infuse a lot of other different aspects, like, you know, it's weird that Top Gun and RRR are on my list this year in terms of, like, things I normally gravitate to. But this is, like, the kind of movie that you're, like... If they can do this, like <laughs> other big studios have no excuse anymore. Thank you. I'm sorry, it's true. And I like a lot of those other movies too, but like if it's getting to the point that if you go see a movie in a theater and you're like, yo, the season of Stranger Things look better at home. <laughs> yeah, like, right. You know, yeah. so if it, and so if you're not even being creative with your story or how you're delivering things and then your effects are starting to get lazy too. Like, there's a reason why people are getting a little bit jaded. It's not just yeah. burnout of the topic or of superheroes or of action movies. It's burnout of complacency, I think, in a lot of ways. Yep. So mm-hmm. this kind of movie coming in and just ripping through, uh, connecting with audiences all over the world um, when people are oftentimes really hesitant to watch things with subtitles or that are dubbed even if they if they go that route, I, I think it's really impressive and it deserves the world. It deserves a, a lot of recognition and everything it's getting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I could not echo those points harder. Uh, that that's exactly harder. how I feel. That's why I have RRR at number five hey, on nice. my list. There you go. Uh, yeah, it's just a complete joy and to compare. You know, it's obviously not easy to compare it to art films but if you do want to compare it to blockbuster spectacles like it just absolutely leaves what we've been served for the most part in the dirt in the dust i mm-hmm. mean kevin feige really needs to be taking notes uh and it's not even a matter of cgi either because there's plenty of cgi in rrr and not all of it is like top tier you know photorealistic CGI, but it's implemented in a way that I think doesn't take away from seeing these excellent performers just do fun things on screen. They've got like these extremely talented guys in the lead roles who are, are, you know, every bit the kind of like old fashioned movie star that we used to have. Mm That we, we when we used to make things in this country and like yeah throw in the musical numbers throw throw in Bro. the jumping off the bridge set pieces Literally. it's it's just the most joyful type of event you can have in a movie theater mm-hmm. and they give you movie all the way to through the end credits like that thing yeah. is still playing yeah. stuff all the way down to the end so yeah I loved RRR. So yeah, Amanda's number six, my number five, but let's circle back to number six for Art's pick. I have a duo here, a duo of docs, a little tie right here of two music docs that really stood out to me this past year. Uh, Genius, a Kanye trilogy, (laughs) and Look At Me, XXXTentacion. One's on Netflix, one's on Hulu. One really focuses in in three parts uh, of the idea of Kanye, the man who wanted to create stuff, and you really get his process for his first album and what it took to get there. 
with the third act that then became more of this idea of what happens when you get so big you leave your friends behind. Uh, but those mm-hmm. first two acts are phenomenal, and I've loved uh, Act One specifically since Sundance, and then the XXX Tentacion doc, uh, a look at uh, trauma and what happens when that doesn't just cycle on to someone that's really young, but someone that's really young that ends up being able to get so much influence because they put that trauma on display. And by putting that trauma on display, they're just giving people what they want and they get so big. Uh, and so karma comes back around to it. I think both of these are really profound. There are quotes in both of these that are really great. There's one in XXX uh, where he made a deal with somebody and they ask him, why did you take so much less money to be with me and not with the other people who are going to give you millions of dollars? And they're like, well, because with you, I'm a partner. With them, I'm a prisoner. And there's just a lot of the creative process that both of these uh, docs talk about uh, and the business side of things. And uh, I love both of these docs. That's why they both come in at my number 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 for the year. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that Kanye doc, I, I probably should have it on my top 10. I don't have any documentaries on my top 10. I, I guess I was just a little disorganized, but it, it's so good. Like, especially those first two Bro, parts. Bro, you said twice like a, at Sundance. I'm, I'm, only, yeah. I'm getting something in the room and I'm hearing the, the, the doc again and I'm like, who's playing this? And Zach's like, I had to play it again. <laughs> Oh, it's so it's great it um and i think also just like a really compelling look at a extremely compelling artist i mean there's you know aspects of the documentary which i maybe wish were a little bit different but oh, but there's just so much valuable material there yeah. and it's i don't know i found it yeah. fascinating so great pick yeah. genius at number six I, I still gotta catch up with look at me also so yeah the duo of music docs you got at number six um for my number six this is where I had the Northman. We've uh, talked about it a, l- a bit already, but um, amazing movie. Uh, just, it's great to see. I, uh, there's a lot of times where you hear about how expensive a movie is and like, okay, I guess maybe it costs a lot to do the CGI or something. This is a movie where you see every single dollar yeah. on screen. It it feels as expensive as you've heard, but it also feels justified because it looks incredible. The actors are incredible. Everything is just working in cohesion. Eggers is one of the top dogs out there, so I'm I'm gonna be first in line for whatever's next. 90 mil? You talking about them stretching? I think it was 70 mil. No, this feels like 100 mil. Like that's when you know (laughs) that you got a real good director when they're able to stretch it like that. Wow. Yeah, incredible 90, stuff. 90 mil. Nine, wow. Oh, shoot. Okay. It's still not 100, though. Wow. That's the point. It's like, how did he make it yeah. look so profound? That That's the bit. So, man, they should mm-hmm. have given him more. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So that means we're at Amanda's number five. Uh, this is one I've talked about multiple times for like two years now, but it actually finally got the wide distribution. There we go. Of what... What are these top 10 lists for? I know this was coming. If wanna... not just to share the small stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I want a different cut next year so it could also be on next year. <laughs> Dinner in America. Yeah, my, let's just go. My adorable little aggressive, cute punk rock, little coming of age rom-com, quirky. We got, you know, Emily Skeggs and Kyle, Kyle Gallner. Um, I just really like this movie. I think it's really adorable. Uh, it makes me really happy when people said they were finally able to check it out after like years of hearing me talk about it and just seeing, you know, people you know, really like connecting with it. And I, I just think that there's there's still a place for these kind of like weird little 
mm-hmm. you know, like small town, odd, not really, you know, giving a fuck to just um, curate certain areas of it so that it knows within like the first 20 minutes, certain people are just immediately going to want to like tap out. But like if you stick through and it's your kind of thing, it'll probably resonate uh, really, really heavy with you. I, I really like that. I think it's cute. So it's uh, it's in the five. It's Yeah. Authentic to itself. It's funny. I've been seeing, like, I think we all were in agreement that this it's a movie that, like, gets better as it goes mm-hmm. along. And I'm seeing a bunch of people reacting like, yeah, I wasn't vibing with it at first, but then I really loved it. Yeah. And it's it's cool to see, like, it is a movie that is really finding an audience and a bunch of people who are, are embracing it. So it took a while, as, yeah. as we can tell you from our podcast. <laughs> Long yeah. pressure. But... It's a lot of... I've been, I've been working been really hard. <laughs> Yeah, they sent you a shirt, right? Yeah, I did. That's cute. I thought so. That's cute. That's They'll have you at the junket for <laughs> right. dinner in America, too. They better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Amanda finally gets the chance to talk about a now-released dinner in America at her number five. Let's go back to Art for his number five. Uh, Shiva, baby. It has been a long... No, I'm just kidding. Marcel <laughs> the Shell. Uh, this I'm is so uh, finally getting too. a really weird release right now where it's in like one theater. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're sending out things like <laughs> there is one showing in this one theater in the back room and you'll be able to see Marcel the Shell. I'm like, come on, bro. This is the, the shorts are on YouTube. Millions of people have seen this. Uh, it's freaking stinking adorable about the stop motion shell who just goes about their daily life and uh, they decided to make a full length feature film that's playing off as a mockumentary uh where marcel's trying to find their family and uh this is this is it this is that family film this is uh heartwarming it is hilarious it's funny it's out of pocket at times uh and it's just beautifully (laughs) animated while also being live action and uh yeah i'm surprised that a24 had another movie that literally made so much money it's still at at the box office it's considered their most profitable but they're doing a stilted release with this one here. Uh, it feels a little more stilted than what they did with another one that we're going to mention from A24 on this list. But if you have the chance mm-hmm. to catch this, um, do so. Watch the shorts if you haven't on YouTube. Uh, they're hilarious on their own right. And you would think that uh, between this and um, there's another cartoon. I don't know if Zach mentioned it yet. Where it's crazy to take an episode and make it into a feature length film. This is a YouTube <laughs> short made into a feature length film. And... <laughs> It works so incredibly well. Uh, Marshall Lachelle, literally the best family film, if you don't include ba- the Batman, of the year. <laughs> Marshall Lachelle. Awesome. I, yeah, I could not be more excited to see it. It seems really, really delightful. Mm-hmm. And your reactions only got me more excited. Nice. It's really good. All right. I keep on talking too early because my number five is RRR. So once again, we got to swing back around (laughs) to Amanda for her number four. Uh, My number four is one that has started. It got a bit of a theatrical release, but we caught it at Sundance. I'm going with After Yang. Uh, Awesome. I I have this at my number four as well. Okay. Whoa. Um, Man, I love movies about um, just kind of like the examination of like what it means to be human, uh, mm-hmm. like what is existence, like, uh, and usually there's just different ways to approach it. And I really liked the way this one approached it. Um, it's just like how how um, 
Colin Farrell's character is going into the memory banks of this um, android that, like a family android that they had to teach mm-hmm. um, their adopted daughter to make it feel like she had more of a connection to um, her origins in China uh, and him kind of like realizing how much larger an existence can be outside of what you would have assumed like the programming was for something. Um, I just thought it was very intimate. It was like a really very intimate look. And I thought they did a really good job with like the visuals for it as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of like a camera thing almost. It feels like it's like a camera kind of going on in his head where he's like rewinding, fast forwarding and different things like that. I thought it was a really unique premise. And I just, uh, just a really nice, beautiful, just lived in uh, uh, movie. And that was Haley Lou, right? That's Haley Lou Richardson's yeah. also in it. She yeah. she crushes it because you know brought her back from uh, Colum- Columbo Columbus Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, yeah, Columbus, uh, not Columbus. <laughs> not the detective show. Not the detective <laughs> show, Columbus. Um, and you see why? Like she's she's really good when when you when you give her a shot. And I feel like she's mm-hmm. one of those ones I'm surprised hasn't broken out bigger, kind of like an Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. Um, she does a lot of these smaller things, but she's really, really great. So she's someone I oh, feel yeah. like is going to have a very long, good career. And you, you see why in movies like this. Yeah. Dude. She's extremely wonderful in this. Uh, Colin Farrell, just mm. one of my favorite Colin Farrell performances, because I think he carries so much of the the sadness just like in his in his voice yeah. and his posture. And, it's good. Uh, yeah. It's uh, but you were talking about how it's kind of like stitched together and like uh, shot like there's these flashes to to memories almost. Mm. And it, it's something that on the first time that I watched it through, it was these like abstractions that made the film a little more puzzling and and kind of like I think worked on me in maybe like a subconscious emotional level but I don't know if I like intellectually got it and on on revisiting the film you really see how he's really like learning about a life through these moments and experiencing them both through uh, his own memories and the memories he's watching I think there's something to that in like the way that the memories are often doubled or shot from different perspectives. You can kind of see they're using different takes. And I almost feel like that's like his memory versus the recorded memory happening. There's a very fascinating, uh, a lot, there's so so much fascinating. I, I think I described it when we first watched it as a film that like every little detail feels like it could be its own movie. Yes. Like th- there's just a whole movie that you can make about the adoption service that they're talking about, but that's just sort of like background context for the Android. That's awesome. Um, really wonderful film. Amazing, amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Koganada. Uh, he's so going to talk about him later on the, on the TV uh, podcast too, but yeah, making great stuff. So that's Amanda's number four is after Yang. My number four is after Yang art. Really? Where, oh, wow. Do you have, or what do you have at number four? Top Gun Maverick in 40X. Okay, X, yeah, X, let's go. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, no, this is one of the best released blockbusters mm-hmm. of the year, easily. Zach was right in calling it out and saying that this is going to be one of the biggest movies. It's at 15 right now. We're doing the countdown, trying to get it up to that top 10. Top All before 10. July 4th oh, yeah. weekend over here, but it really just is a solid 
action movie. You could have had a little bit more from the side cast, but nonetheless, they still bring in there to elevate what is really just going to be the Tom Cruise vehicle. Uh, I could rewatch those scenes so many times. Like, catching it in Dolby was fantastic, but then catching it in IMAX was incredible. And then the 40X is just really cool to be flying in with the seats with them. Um, yeah, no, I think Top Gun Maverick is probably one of the most universally uh, beloved movies of the year. And there's a theory out there without spoiling too much. Because uh, obviously people, you know, you see it in the trailer. But I had seen it floating around and then someone had even sent it to me. So it's like clearly even our viewers kind of think this, that there's a, a, an idea that he may have in the first mission that it does in the movie died in the whole thing's a dream. And that that's why everything's like revolving around him. So now I have to go back hmm. and rewatch it in IMAX 40X to see if I visually <laughs> feel that. Um, Tom Cruise would but, never allow that to happen, but I like that theory. <laughs> right? Thank you. Tom These is action like, no, heroes. I'm the fucking hero. <laughs> they will literally they will literally be like someone's going to die in this mission. Psych. <laughs> so, Psych. yeah, no. This is this is one of those movies that uh I think just delivers in in every aspect of it and uh I think is even better than the original, which is one of the most beloved movies of all time. Yeah. And I, I still got my little Cronauts uh thing right there and I, I have my Top Gun thing over here and I got the <laughs> pin somewhere in here as well. So, uh yeah, Maverick definitely has made an impact i've got it at my number four and i can't wait to go see it again this weekend nice awesome yeah i i need to go see it again i've still only seen you it need once to go see it in 40x i'm sure y'all have a 40x yeah over there, dude we actually i think we have a screen x in the city so maybe that's oh. what i gotta do well, i'm not playing with you dude yeah. this is the only screen x movie that they actually got cameras for and isn't just like digital stuff you need <laughs> one of us needs to go see it it has to be you zach <laughs> it can't okay, be I me can <laughs> I can accept that mission. <laughs> All right. So uh, I had after Yang at number four. So let's go back to Amanda for her number Top three. three. My number three is uh, the worst person in the world, which is mm. one of those nice weird outlier floating yeah. between 2021, 2022 movies. But uh, we had left it off of our best of last year specifically. So here she, here she is. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of coming-of-age stories. I'm a really big fan of the post-adolescent variety that lets you know, like, it's cool if you don't have your shit figured out in your 20s because, like, you know, it takes time. And it's okay mm-hmm. to change your mind and try different things and move to different places and meet different people. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes and you're going to be cruel unintentionally and you're going to have cruelty done to cruelty. is a strong term, but you know what I mean? Like, bad yeah. things are going to happen to you and people are going to mistreat you. Uh, and it's just, like... You know, this girl, Julie, just finding her place in the world. Uh, and I, I, I really I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a good one. Really, really hit. Though it's, a, it's odd. It's also one of those ones that has, like, a lot of five-star reviews and then a bunch of people that just, like, hate it. And then they're just like, I have to let everyone know that I hate this movie. So it's getting the one-stars, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's also a case of people who hear the, like, really great reactions to it and just get angry that they don't have the same kind of experience Sometimes, that, yeah. that yeah. you did or, or that I did because this is also one of my favorites of the year. I have it at number two nice. on my list because I think it's just Mine like <laughs> yeah it, it's just like a beautifully told film and about about like a very relatable experience I think there's just like the, this aspect to your 20s that you end up like re you end up going through different identities even if it's mm-hmm. not consciously and 
in the pursuit of trying to figure out where you want to be in the yeah. end. And especially in that beginning sequence, which I love that first uh, bit where she changes her hair a couple times and yeah. changes her major and changes her boyfriends. And, and like the I don't explanations know. behind it where it's all like, oh, but it makes much more, I've always been much more interested in the mind and like, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so much about the ways that we convince ourselves of a certain type of life or we we try to like emulate a type of experience that we think is going to be the one that makes us happy and and then you don't end up figuring out uh what ultimately makes you happy in the end. I mean, there's a reason I chose worst person in the world for for both your intro quotes and our outro <laughs> quote today because it just there's so many lines that I feel like so are good. are super resonant. Uh, I got to take a couple friends who are not like big moviegoers to this uh the first movie they had seen in theaters since pre-pandemic oh, wow. and and they were all just like really rocked by it because it's nice. it it hits. I it think does. I think if you if you've experienced anything like these feelings, you're really gonna feel this one. So yeah, agreed. yeah, loved worst person in the world. My number two, Amanda's number three. But I Art, we gotta get to your number three. That would also be in my top. Or do you three? have worst person in the world? It, it, I yeah. did not put it on the list, but it would have also been my top three. But at least I know for the <laughs> yeah. intercut best of the year last year, we did have it tied at number one. So uh, obviously, I speak yeah. the same praise as y'all do. It's on Hulu. No reason for anyone to not catch it. it, it it's fantastic. It's, it's really so great. Good, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I get to be the first one to mention this. I guess it's gonna be higher in y'all's, but everything, everywhere. Yeah. All at once. All at once. I will say it all at once once you guys bring it up. Yeah, okay. let's do that. Okay, so my number three then is a little movie that we caught at Fantasia last year, but a film that I, I can't really get out of my head because I've been so impressed by it. I, I, it just brings me a lot of joy. It's Beyond the Infinite Two oh, Minutes, the yes. Japanese yeah. time travel bizarro comedy uh, about a man who discovers that his security camera can see two minutes into the future, <laughs> which is just so clever because it me unlike most time travel films where you have to go to this distant beyond time, you see the immediate impacts of his time traveling abilities. Like the, there's immediate reward to this. And then when you start really playing with the loops and really get getting into the ways that this film has been segmented and, and plotted out, it's just so joyful. Like watching it all sort of like come together perfectly. It's it's like a watching like a really great Rube Goldberg machine all fall into place. I, I was laughing my ass off uh, I was surprised and delighted. It's just the kind of like small discovery that you kind of hope to make a movie that you hadn't heard much about that you don't have a whole lot invested in when you start and then you you watch and find it to be delightful in every turn. So beyond the infinite two minutes, this is the movie that I feel like I'm recommending to people in my life like more than any other film because I know it's I so know good. not a lot of people have seen it and I find it to be so pleasurable. I for I didn't realize that it actually come out. Yeah, yeah. it's on VOD. That I think it's actually on streaming on uh, Prime right now. Prime Video. Nice. Okay, I will show that out. I really like that one. That was really good. Really clever. It's so good. Really fun. Yeah. Oh, so that's my number two now. <laughs> yeah, back to Amanda. Uh, my number two is Everything Everywhere All at Once. I don't know if it's higher on Zach's list. It is. It is. So we'll wait. Yep. We'll wait. Higher it's, than yeah, okay. two. Yeah. I, I said my number two was worst person right. in the world. Oh, you did so say that. Now we're right. back to, so now it's art's number two. 
Yeah, yep. so I've got, you know, I got two slots, but I got three movies that I'm looking at because Amanda reminded me of another one, but I'm going to stick to it. Right before we get to our honorable mentions, at number two, I have a movie I wasn't able to put on last year that we caught at last year's Sundance. It is out now. Pleasure. Content warnings mm-hmm. and all. This is one of the mm-hmm. best movies, one of the best directorial debuts, uh, acting yeah. debuts, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, is It follows a woman who enters the porn industry and realizes the ins and outs of the business. You could apply it to a lot of other aspects of any other business. This takes it in probably literally the most pornographic way that you could take it. Uh, it had like <laughs> the most limited run. I think it's out on VOD. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, yeah. It is, right? Yeah, it's yeah. on VOD now. That's because so, Neon agreed not to change any of it. I'm pretty exactly, sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It had picked up by A24. A24 wanted to cut it up because that's what they do. And Neon's like, no, we'll keep it. And then it got a mumbled <laughs> release. But pleasure. Uh, my number two spot. Watch it at home. It's probably the yeah. better place to watch it, I guess. I would agree. I don't right? think I'd want to watch that in a theater. As bad yeah. as that sounds, it's for multiple reasons. Uh-huh. It's not something I'd want to be worried about reacting to other people reacting I, to what's happening. Like it's a... It's a film that I would like to watch in a private theater. Yes, maybe. I would love to see <laughs> it. Those old-timey theater, the booths. Yeah. Like, okay, so if, if it had come out at this year's Sundance and we had our home theater set up at the Airbnb, that would have right. been ideal. That would have been great. You know? That would have been good. Man, but, even uh, yeah, that, like we, we all just going to be sitting there watching, <laughs> watching someone's back and forth. <laughs> we yep. saw a month together in theaters, and even we were all like, I don't, yeah. I don't know, Chase. And then Chase was still like... I got my poster. <laughs> uh, no, it was really good. That was another one that was kind of like on my list at one point and then got mm-hmm. moved around so much. Cause like, I feel like the quality of like so many of these movies is just really yeah. like neck and neck. It's like really good. Yeah. A lot of good ones. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Pleasure. My number two, which I think leads us to our honorable mention. My number two. No, yeah, my gonna... number two is Worst Person in the World. So let, let's get to honorable mentions. The movies that did not make our cut even though we loved them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can uh, go first if we want. Uh, I've got, uh, you, you reminded us before we started recording that Woodland's Day, Dark yeah. and Days Bewitched came out so this year. Good. That, that's, mm-hmm. That is maybe my favorite documentary that came out this year because that is just an so incredible good. look at horror, folk horror, like from every facet and turn that you can imagine yeah. if you're a horror fan you owe your owe it to yourself to watch that yeah. um i i liked x i enjoyed yeah. the latest ty west horror movie i think there's a lot of fascinating elements at play there and says some really interesting things about the horrors of aging uh i i don't know i i dug that one uh i got ninja baby uh one that we oh, enjoyed what? at south by southwest i Forgot i think that ninja one baby. is now we see too I many movies out now. it hurts us it hurts have, us. Yeah. Yeah. Our own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a that super charming movie about like yep. the, the horrors of pregnancy. Yep. <laughs> Maybe more relevant than we thought at, at the time. But uh, I speak. And on that note, I, I guess we can talk about happening a little bit, no. which just Out hit VOD. VOD. A also really on my list. Yeah. an amazing film about France in the 1960s and one woman's path to try and find an abortion. It's, you know, harrowing and, and, <laughs> awful to watch and again just relevant in the worst ways now uh i got on the count of three which amanda brought up i got pleasure which art brought up i got the bob's burgers movie which nice. art was alluding, I was to, alluding which to which is i want to make sure you gave it the shout out dude mm-hmm. yeah it's a super delight you know just 
I, I, I really enjoy the vibe of Bob's Burgers. I think it's a very, like, warm, loving show, and it's got so many jokes, too. Yeah. It's just wall-to-wall, really funny stuff, so I like that. I like Turning Red. I think it's the best Pixar movie in quite some time. It's a really cool coming-of-age story with Should a lot of in style and personality. Uh, but the one that was my hardest cut from the list is the latest thriller from the boy Steven Soderbergh. Mm. I got Kimmy in my number 11 slot, uh, the Zoe Kravitz-led techno thriller that it, it's kind of like a, a weird mix of like Rear Window and and like this other kind of like thriller. I don't know. It, but the ways in which it sort of uses these modern elements to mm-hmm. update the kind of Rear Window blowout-esque story is really cool. I really dug that. And I think Soderbergh is just excellent at certain choices that really, really uh, heighten the film. Like, when, as soon as she goes outside, she's hitting all those yeah. Dutch angles. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, Kimmy, my number 11. Amanda, what do you have in your honorable mentions? Uh, pretty much everything you just mentioned. Like, absolutely no exaggeration. You touched on everything. I think the only one yeah. you wouldn't have touched on. So, a couple that I had mentioned a little bit earlier on. Like I said, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. Um, Great one. From uh, the guy who did Drive My Car. Ra- His name's Yeah, totally. Raisuke. Yeah, thank you. Uh, super good. Really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, Navalny was one of my favorite docs other than the Woodlands one. Um, Excellent documentary. Which is honestly even <clears throat> just with everything that's happened since we saw it uh, back in mm-hmm. January. Uh, it's just a really interesting look into him and the comedy that they almost have to bring to these really horrible situations where they're like calling people to try to get information on how they they drugged him and stuff. <laughs> and then well, they up po- and being like, <laughs> Did you poison me? Well, that guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... Just little things like that. So I definitely recommend Navalny. Uh, and then Kimmy was another one that I that I ended up cutting that I was sad about. Fallout was one of the ones. And uh, yeah, I think that's... Oh, and the only one that you did not mention, Fresh. The uh, Ooh, yeah. Daisy Edgar Jones and uh, Sebastian Stan um, that we caught at Sundance this year as well. Uh, I have a video on it. So I, was, I, I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was fresh. Yeah. Nice, People really nice. resonated with that one. They liked that one a lot. Yeah. 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 We just saw uh, that it's apparently going up for the best TV movie Emmy. So may- maybe it'll end up with a couple Emmy awards well, when it's all go. said and done, too. Because oh, it right to it's Hulu right. now. Yeah. So it'd be facing yeah. the fallout and stuff. They have to split Damn. that. I told you, the miniseries and TV movie, they got to be split now. There's too many they get, of they each. Get it. Yeah. There is. You can't be competing yeah. eight hours against a two-hour movie. That's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not fair. Yeah. All right, what about you? What do you have on uh, your honorable mentions? Uh, everything y'all said and some that you had mentioned earlier with The Outfit and Bell. I think those are two movies that should definitely be on people's radar. I know The Outfit is on Peacock as well. Uh, Mad God, which is going to come up in another video, but I have to mm-hmm. mention it here as well. That is definitely one where uh, definitely get a big screen, but the sound design is what you really need. Uh, mm. The four that did not make my cut, two of them would be movies that were up for Oscars last year, uh, but didn't really get the releases until this year, and they're really great. They would be in my top ten. Compartment number six is a movie about yes. two individuals yeah. who just find themselves one. on a train and just the adventure that they go on. I think the acting is fantastic, and it's a beautiful story. Great Freedom yeah. is a German drama. Mm-hmm. Film and the performance Ooh. in this movie. This dude has been in transit, he has been in a couple of other movies. Uh, his name is Franz. I think gives one of the best performances 
of the year, but I think they counted it for last year, so there's no campaigning him here. It is a fantastic movie of, I want to say, I don't know what the era is, but it's definitely like well over 60 years ago where they were like installing cameras to capture gay people who were meeting up in bathrooms oh and they put them in prison. And it has one of the greatest posters. Uh, uh, there's one, it's, mm. it's a poster on Letterboxd. It, it like it embodies the movie completely. It is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Compartment number six, great freedom. Uh, and then my last two would be Strawberry Mansions, which I actually they sent it to me. I talked about it so much. They sent me a Blu-ray of it, and it is really? a beautiful Blu-ray with like this artwork covers and there's some uh, special features. Uh, I want to get into it more. This is a, a little movie from Sundance South by. Yeah, no Tiff. Yeah, was, Sundance. Wasn't it, Both. Wasn't it Tiff? I think I it's like premiered. Sundance? I think it showed everywhere, uh, but it's specifically been shown on Intercut so many times because I always talk about this movie, <laughs> and this is like rounding it up right here. Uh, I, I think it's like a really quirky film about a dude who does like tax evasions, but the taxes are in your dreams <laughs> that he has to go collect. So then he meets an old lady who, the younger version in her dreams, he falls in love with. There's rat sailors. I don't know, dude, but Strawberry Mansions is out there. It's a really crazy movie, uh, but not as crazy as my last honorable mention here. I like Alex Garland, guys. I'm sorry. Men. Uh, I thought <laughs> Men was a, a very interesting Rorschach of a movie. It's shot beautifully. And it's got Jesse Buckley, who I think is top five, top three actresses working today. So uh, Men great. rounding up right at the end. Even if it's not my favorite of Alex Garland's, I think he always makes something that leaves uh, leaves something lingering yeah. in your mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. A, a striking, memorable filmmaker and a lot of memorable picks on your list. Definitely some movies that I, I probably should have mentioned on my I wish I caught up with. Mm-hmm. Great Freedom, like you mentioned. That poster is just yeah. like... Poster is insane. You, you see that and you want to watch the movie instantly. All right. So after the honorable mentions, that brings us to the number one film of 2022 so far. Amanda. Good morning. What is the number one film for you? Oh yeah, it is good morning. No, I'm joking. Um, it's it's Cha Cha Real Smooth. I resonated with that movie like nobody's business. It's another coming of age. It's it's. I'm a big fan of Cooper Rafe now. He's like just somebody I'm gonna be following <laughs> forever. Like we talked about it a lot at Sundance, where the way he makes movies almost seems like it could be cringy but he's just so sincere and authentic that it doesn't come Mm -hmm. across that way and he's just so good at tapping into certain genuine emotions of people going through big transitional periods in life so shithouse was transitioning into college this is transitioning out of college and what do you do now when you've always kind of been the one who just follows what's around you whatever it's not just a matter of like oh i'm just going to find whatever opportunity pops up it's just like i'm going to follow someone else doing something i'm going to try to like insert myself into someone else's thing the whole idea of like being the party starter for other people but eventually having to be the party starter for yourself um there's just this conversation back and forth between he and dakota johnson's character about like what it even means to be happy it hit me so hard at a period where i was kind of feeling a little bit jaded because like I hate like Scream was a huge bummer for me. Uh, the Spider-Man movie, I was like, I think everyone's insane. Am I is am I the problem now? And, but no, it's Hollywood. So I was you like, lost your love for movies, and this reminded you briefly, why you do it, yeah, why you watch these yeah, things. Like, yeah, yeah, like there's still like old things I still love. Like it didn't retroactively make me dislike things I already love, but I was having a hard time connecting with new things because I just yeah. couldn't yeah. find anything that was hitting. And then this hit. And it broke down those walls and let me know I was okay and that everyone else is the problem. I'm joking. I really like it. Yeah. So that's on Apple TV Plus. 
So yeah, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, our first Apple TV Plus pick of the day, available now on Apple TV Plus kind of recently, so a bunch of people are catching up with it, and I feel like a lot of people are really, really resonating with this film. It definitely feels like, along with another one that we're going to talk about as my number one, uh, maybe this is like one of the more... like loved movies of the year, even mm-hmm. if it isn't necessarily the most liked. Because, uh, Art, you were t- saying you've been reading a bunch of the detractors on Cha-Cha Real Smooth. They're, they're out for Cooper Rafe, bro. They they want to come yeah. at him. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who have resonated with it, and I, I think we like it, too. I think we even prefer it more than his first movie, which he also got a lot of buzz on. But I think it's the idea of you have, like, a... I still kind of like House. More? I think so, but, but marginally. Okay. That's fair. I think he's just... Uh, I- he's 25. He's at two mm-hmm. movies. He's got the yeah. Sundance Award. He's got the South yeah. By Award. I think it's easy to hate him at this point. He's got yeah. the X um, amount of mills from Apple. You know, so I think there's a there's there comes a point where that idea of what you were saying where he balances that cringe like just about right, yeah, think, where it very much yeah. seems authentic, authentic to some people. Maybe it's too authentic. I don't know at what point it's like it's just easy to hate the guy. Uh, and it's not mm-hmm. that, you know, you it. don't have to like the movies at all. I think it's very valid to, you know, not see yourself in, in the movies and such. But I've seen a lot of reviews where Zach's about to mention for what his number one is, where something becomes so beloved that people want to dislike it. Uh, Zach had also mentioned uh, Worst Person in the World. And mm-hmm. maybe it's so beloved people want to dislike it. Or maybe you see yourself. Too much in that character that it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know too much about that. Um, but yeah. I think with streaming, I think you have the ability to rewatch things later because as we compare these two, uh, one of the reasons I like Cha Cha more is because you're just at that point in life. Whereas if I was going through college and had left home, Shit House would probably be, be there. Yeah. So uh, I think mm-hmm. that's just one of the fascinating things with how people receive movies, especially now where everybody gets a say in the movies, which I think is uh, the way that it should be. Um, mm-hmm. But what comes with that is a lot of people having yeah. uh, varying opinions that clash. Um, yeah. And you don't really get to sit with a movie uh, as much. But yeah. eh, I'm glad it worked. Yeah. And like you were saying, Art, there's always going to be some sort of reaction to something that gets a lot of love. Like if, if you see a bunch of people respond so positively to something and you don't feel that same emotion like you're not going to be like, oh, what's wrong with me? You're going to be like, what's wrong with this? Yeah. Um, They're but, reviewing the response, uh, as not the f- movie. Right. Yeah, as far yeah. as, go ahead, Emmett, if you had anything. Oh no, sir! I was just gonna say, like, I've had that where I'm just kind of like, I don't understand what people, s- but I try yeah, to see we, that. And we it's do a it all thing. the time too. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say no, it's, it's a, a neat thing. thing, Amanda. It's only sometimes I have to look at the <laughs> popular sometimes. consensus, and then I know whose fault it is. Yeah. With Cooper specifically, I feel like what he does well is not as definable as maybe some other people. Like, I. I, I think that uh, if he were a better visual stylist or if he were this guy who, uh, like, wrote snappy Sorkinian dialogue, mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, yeah, obviously this is the next great filmmaker. But he's just a guy who seems very in touch uh, with his emotions and with yeah. his character's emotions. And by wearing his emotions on his sleeve in not just his acting, but his writing, uh, he's really resonated. So I, I'm glad that people are finding a movie this nice and, and 
enjoying it you know it, it, it's it says something about the culture that we're seeking out something nice like yes. this. yeah and i think that's probably why i like it so much because like a lot of the times when i engage with media it is more to do with emotion like sometimes it is mm-hmm. just cool the spectacles the blah 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 but like i do like a lot of the times it's going to be the emotions of something that's going to push me harder than than any other aspect so i think that's specifically why i resonated with this so much too um but if that's just not really what you engage with in media it, it might not hit for you and if this experience isn't what you've been through or your reality it might just seem like cheesy nerf problems you know so i I can i can get it yeah well he's like ted lasso but no character he is the character like zach he's selling (laughs) himself he's not pretending to be the nice guy he's like i am cooper rafe directing cooper rafe written by cooper rafe so it's like it's there's a direct lineage right to him that i think uh is why some people contrast with him. Yeah. Well, he tried not to be in this one. Dakota wouldn't let him. Hey, he, <laughs> Zach said that in his next one, he's not going to be in it, but I'll believe it when I see it. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Art, what do you have at your number one? I know you don't like what I do to Zach, but it ends up being another tie again <laughs> because I was reminded of another movie that was out. And it's interesting because both of these movies came out at the same time, one in theaters, one on Showtime, of all things, which is, I think, why it got lost, but it was my favorite out of Sundance, and this is one of my favorites of the year, The Batman and After Yang. And there's a connection here, Zach. It's Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's at my number one. So that's what it is. Okay. Uh, They took out the the last phone booth in uh, New York this year, so he's still grieving. But the man can enjoy (laughs) the fact that The Batman and After Yang are, uh, I I believe, movies that have appeared in all of our lists or at least gotten a recommendation. And I think both of them are standouts. The Batman is a movie where it is so brooding. Yet it's funny. It's a comedy. There, there are so yeah. many jokes in there that catch you off guard. Um, and as you guys were saying, and Amanda was breaking down, we're so used to the idea of the Batman. And this kind of broke down the philosophy of the Batman. Like, what, ha- mm-hmm. what really happens when you become this idea of vengeance? I think that the Riddler is probably the one thing that has grown on me more and more and more. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Paul Dano's performance of him is incredible. And I think that thematically, it's one of the best... Um, stories that has been written against batman uh, i think it's shot beautifully it mm-hmm. has some of the best cinematography from greg frazier i mean the man can do no wrong man i don't know where lubeski's been but <laughs> greg's been showing up is what i'm going to say since dune and this and what he has coming up next uh, and then for after yang i just koganada is in my top five i loved columbus that was a top He's 10 so movie good. for me uh, right out of sundance and this was another one right out of sundance where i was so highly anticipating it i don't think anybody makes better compositions zach was talking about you could take one scene and it could be a whole movie mm. you could take one frame and he says so much in it this is a dude who did video essays right yeah this is that jump that people want to <laughs> make from making stuff about movies and then uh, putting it into a movie Uh, he just you can see his movies on mute you can see scenes on mute and he's telling you everything with how he stages the actors and what he puts uh within his frames both of these movies are fantastic um the batman and after yang i will decide on one by the end of the year zach but for right now (laughs) both of these colin farrell he, he has my heart Hell yeah. yeah, I mean, having a tie at number one is, is a little bit tricky, but if we're doing a midway point, I guess I'll accept it. Yeah, we'll allow uh, af- After Yang, though, is unarguably the winner for best credit sequence of the year. Yes. Easily. RRR wanted to knock at its door, but it's still After Yang. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely After Yang. Um, Art, Batman is probably also your winner for movie you've seen most in theaters this year, If I'm, am I wrong? 
I think I stopped watching Dune by the beginning of the year. So yes, I think you are right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are right. Well, yeah. I, I caught it hey, in IMAX. Cool. I caught it in a regular screen. I caught it in Dolby. You know, I like to see all the different formats that come out with it. So yeah, yeah Batman. Batman will still be my number one. Holds up at home too. <laughs> Forget about it, my man. Ooh. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Hold up, bro. Ooh, this steel book this stuff, that looks crazy, great. dude. Um, yeah, no, one hundred percent. It it is nice. it is fantastic. It is beautiful. Um, All right. Yes, my man's not messing around. No, loved loved that movie. All right, cool. So, the Batman arts number one, along with After Yang, got the split at number one for our mid year lists. Uh, my number one, we've been talking about it, but not really talking about it. So let's actually talk about it. It's Gosh. everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. The latest from the directing duo Daniels and A24. Uh, Art and I have talked previously about their last film, Swiss mm. Army Man, which is an like it. absolutely de- delightful, surprising, mm-hmm. unexpected a mixture of of different elements. They are are growing from there and finding new ways to expand their unique approach to filmmaking. And everything, everywhere, all at once, really does feel like a culmination of all these different things they've been working on. Yeah. Whether it, it's the like slapstick physical comedy that they do so much of in Swiss Army Man, whether it's the like subversive, unexpected emotions that they layer into their stuff frequently. It's been such a pleasure to watch them grow from these audacious music video filmmakers into uh, feature film artists who have such a handle over all the different things that go into a film production. I think the reason ultimately beyond just crying several times at the movie theater Mm -hmm. and resonating with what this film has to say about life, the reason ultimately that I have this at number one is that every department is working at ace levels here. You have amazing visual effects, amazing production design. The action choreography is top notch. The score, Sunlux. I've been waiting for years. Mm -hmm. They scored the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby like a decade ago. And I've been like, I love this band and I want them to do more scores. This is an incredible score. Uh, And then of course the performances, whether whether it's Michelle Yeoh or or, uh, J.K. Kwan or like, I, I don't know, man. Everybody is so good in this. Uh, I it's it's an incredible experience. I've loved this movie. I had sky high expectations, and it mm-hmm. still surpassed them. Same. So I, I got to put it at number one. Yeah, I, I feel like this is another movie that's kind of like RRR that shows how much Hollywood's been slacking. Because like the creative yes. team, it's like it was like five practical effects, people seven special effects, or reverse those numbers. It's one or the other. Very small team made yes. this movie. Uh, and like so many cool little tricks for like, you know, one of the dandies was like, yeah, I just walked around with like a, a camera strapped to my chest, walking through cities in different spots and then use that on green screens next to and behind Michelle Yeoh as we pulled her on a chair to just mm-hmm. show her like zooming through all these different realities, just like things that would be so easy in other places that are like, oh, we'll just digitally recreate all of it. But this is just that perfect blend of like practical putting it in with like the special. Um, and it, it's it's also another one that resonates really heavily emotionally. 
Uh, just like this whole idea of there's like so many different layers on it. There's just kind of like the generational trauma and just the gen, like the, the inability to kind of like connect with your children in certain ways. Um, like the immigrant experience, um, Mm -hmm. that, that pull from both sides of like the tradition to like the modern, um, because you're like really framed around Michelle's character, but then you're dealing with her daughter, and then you have fucking uh, Waylon coming in with the roundhouse kicks from the side. He just he yeah. just loves so much, and he's just so positive and happy. So then that takes a little second of just kind of like people just need to be nicer to each other, and it, it's it doesn't end up being a mess, even though there's so many different layers of, of human emotion and empathy kind of building into this one movie. Uh, that it all just still manages to come together because ultimately it is really just about the human experience and like what it yep. means to be alive. So it works. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Amazing movie. Also the soundtrack. Uh, you had mentioned the score, but being able to have Andre 3000, being yeah. able to have Mitski, yeah. being able to bring in yeah. Randy Newman for a bit. No, nah, it's mm-hmm. just like anything you could want in a too, movie. I think. It, it, it's 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 a really big list. They had like an orchestra of flutes or something as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it really lives so up to much. its title. Because you have every ratio possible for film in here. You have all the mm. different styles. Like, this really is mm-hmm. a nerdy film movie. Um, and I think you guys described it best. I just really resonated with that idea of, like, if nothing matters, if nothing matters, then everything can matter. And yeah. uh, it's like, it's like, usually not, people it's, think the opposite. But it, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We could go on for like another hour if we really start talking about it. But I know Zach really loved um, the Hulu movie from last year where. Uh, Paul, the Palms one. Oh, Palm, Palm Springs. Springs. Palm yeah. Springs. And, Same kind of uh, idea. This idea of having the most positive, nihilistic movie possible. The most optimistic, yes. nihilistic yes. movie possible. Uh, yeah. And yeah, everything everywhere all at once definitely lives up to that. Yeah. yeah. There is something to be said about that ability, that art that really like challenges you to go mm. to the most absurd mm. places possible mm-hmm. and it's the good. darkest, most emotional places possible. Yeah. It like opens you up and, and allows you to like, I feel like it readies you for that kind of experience. If you're going to accept that we live in a world where you can suddenly have hot dog fingers mm-hmm. or, or, or be a rock with googly eyes that you also are willing to accept like the, the deep emotional storyline and yeah. and the ideas of these you know the cynicism and potential you know outlooks of happiness you, you can actually open yourself up to experience that kind of story so yeah. it, i think it works really smartly even if it seems really stupid and silly <laughs> a lot of times yeah. mm-hmm. it, i just think there's so much clever going on here and I, obviously i'm not the only one it feels like this is kind of like the the Lettermox movie of the year or the film sure. tour movie of the year or whatever you want to call it. So I'm, I'm glad a lot of people are finding it. Yeah. And uh, we also talked earlier about how The Northman is a movie where you feel like you see every dollar on the screen. Everything Everywhere All at Once Absolutely. is a movie where that looks way more expensive than its budget. It really is, yeah. uh, so, uh, and yeah. honestly, putting it up against what Marvel's trying to do with their multiverse stuff blows it out of the water too on every yeah. level. Marvel's doing the thing where I watch it and I'm like, I don't feel good anymore. I feel bad. I feel upset. I don't like yeah. thinking about this. Whereas like, this is the same thing, all these different universes, but it makes you care more about what's actually happening rather than making me think, well, then literally nothing matters here anymore. You've established mm-hmm, a timeline yeah. that nothing fucking matters in. So I like well, the directors and- of here. They actually wanted the cameos that they had. It wasn't forced upon them by a dude in a cap. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. they did exactly. enjoy it. 25 yeah. million. What a weird budget. coincidence. Yeah, no, it's dirt 25 cheap. That's what I mean. 
That's what I mean, man. Tiny, tiny budget, tiny team no way. going all out. I'm sure some people probably worked harder than they were compensated for, but like, <laughs> hopefully there's some kind of residual deals there for them. But uh, I know the Daniels were also like very heavily involved in like all the different pieces too. Everything, so. yeah. Yeah, so very good. And what just a strange coincidence that we ended up getting both these multiverse movies like within a month, or was it even like a couple weeks it was like of a each other? Week or two. It was real yeah. close. Uh, it did not do Doctor Strange any favors there. Or but Loki. yeah, uh, <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. Extremely special movie. I think that's the movie we also heard the most from the intercuties on. So uh, hopefully, it's a bunch of your number ones as well. It it a twenty four having a pretty successful year between between everything everywhere all at once after yang and marcel the shell with shoes on Mm -hmm. it led the way with seven spots between our three lists wow Wow. we haven't even gotten to the shows yet they they had some decent shows this year yeah exactly some pretty big shows Uh, and then we got hbo warner between the fallout and the batman had a couple slots and paramount doing well with uh, Top Gun and Jackass. So a pretty good year for those companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, not. I think the thing that really did strike me about our lists is how many movies we agreed on. I think this has got to be the f- the record in terms of number of movies that appeared on all three of our lists. I think so, yeah. actually. Yeah. And we see Everything, a lot of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, like, After Yang, RRR. That's the reason why we also... It's not like we've seen the right. same movies. It's we see so many that our yeah. tastes end up gravitating towards different things. And that's where you'll see some of the deviations that we have. But the idea yeah. of like, we've seen so many and we actually still gravitated towards the same one just shows you how profound these movies are. So I'm very curious yeah. to see Absolutely. what we may have left out of our mm-hmm. list that uh, y'all think we should have before the end of the year. Definitely let us know that down below. Docs, dramas, yeah. the super small ones. We're going to have a video also talking about some obscure things uh, that weren't even in our honorable mentions. So definitely let us know down below. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's about it for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, at ZShevich. And you can check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Amanda, where can people find more from you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, occasionally Twitch, Instagram, Letterboxd, and pretty much any other social media at Amanda the Jedi. Awesome. Art, what about you? You can find me in a 40X chair tweeting at LME Explain, <laughs> maybe uploading a video from there, or just, you know, every week here on the Intercut Podcast. You can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment. Find new new episodes of the Intercut Weekend Must Watch streaming every Monday at 3 p.m. And please leave us a comment, like the videos, and consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much requested five-star review shout out to our listeners in ecuador and the philippines for putting us on the tv and film podcast charts out there like our facebook instagram and twitter pages support our patreon you can find all of them at intercut pods to get updates throughout the week from art from me from amanda from all the guests that we feature here on intercut and find more by clicking on the link to our discord in this episode's description Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, I wasted so much time worrying about what could go wrong, but what did Mm. go wrong was never the things I worried about. Amen.